Chapter Five of Timothy Crump's Ward by Horatio Alger. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: A Lucky Rescue. The opportune arrival of the child inaugurated a season of comparative prosperity in the home of Timothy Crump. To persons accustomed to live in their fugal way, three hundred dollars seemed a fortune nor as might have happened in some cases did this unexpected windfall tempt the cooper or his wife to extravagances let us save something against a rainy day said mrs crump we can if i get work soon answered her husband this little one will add but little to our expenses and there is no reason why we should not save up at least half of it there's no knowing when you will get work timothy said rachel in her usual cheerful way it isn't well to crow before you're out of the woods very true rachel it isn't your failing to look too much at the sunny side of the picture i'm ready to look at it when i can see it anywhere said his sister in the same enlivening way don't you see it in the unexpected good fortune which came with this child asked timothy i've no doubt it seems bright enough now said rachel gloomily but a young child's a great deal of trouble do you speak from experience aunt rachel inquired jack demurely yes said his aunt slowly if all babies were as cross as you were when you were an infant three hundred dollars wouldn't begin to pay for the trouble of having one round mr crump and his wife laughed at this sally at jack's expense but the latter had his wits about him sufficiently to answer i've always heard aunt rachel that the crosser a child is the pleasanter he will grow up what a very pleasant baby you must have been jack said his mother reprovingly but his father who looked upon it as a good joke remarked good-humouredly he's got you there rachel the latter however took it as a serious matter and observed that when she was young children were not allowed to speak so to their elders but i don't know as i can blame em much she continued wiping her eyes with the corner of her apron when their own parents encourage em in it timothy was warned by experience that silence was his best defence since anything he might say would only be likely to make matters worse aunt rachel sank into a fit of deep despondency and did not say another word till dinner-time she sat down to the table with a profound sigh as if there was little in life worth living for notwithstanding this it was observed that she had a good appetite indeed rachel seemed to thrive on her gloomy views of life and human nature she was it must be acknowledged perfectly consistent in all her conduct as far as this peculiarity was concerned whenever she took up a newspaper she always looked first to the space appropriated to deaths and next in order to the column of accidents casualties etc and her spirits were visibly exhilarated when she encountered a familiar name in either list mr crump continued to look out for work but it was with a more cheerful spirit he did not now feel as if the comfort of his family depended absolutely upon his immediate success used economically the money he had by him would last nine months and during that time it was impossible that he should not find something to do 
it was this sense of security of possessing something upon which he could fall back that enabled him to keep up good heart it is too generally the case that people are content to live as if they were sure of constantly retaining their health and never losing their employment when a reverse does come they are at once plunged into discouragement and feel that something must be done immediately there is only one way to fend off such an embarrassment and that is to resolve whatever may be the amount of the income to lay aside some part to serve as a reliance in time of trouble a little economy though it involves privation will be well repaid by the feeling of security thus engendered mr crump was not compelled to remain inactive as long as he feared not that his line of business revived that still remained depressed but another path was open to him for a time returning home late one evening the cooper saw a man steal out from a doorway and assault a gentleman whose dress and general appearance indicated probable wealth seizing him by the throat the villain effectively prevented him from calling the police and was engaged in rifling his pockets when the cooper arrived at the scene a sudden blow on the side of the head admonished the robber that he had more than one to deal with leave this man instantly said the cooper sternly or i will deliver you into the hands of the police the villain hesitated but fear prevailed and springing to his feet he hastily made off under cover of the darkness i hope you have received no injury said timothy respectfully turning towards the stranger he had rescued no my worthy friend thanks to your timely assistance the rascal nearly succeeded however i hope you have lost nothing sir nothing fortunately you can form an idea of the value of your interference when i say that i have fifteen hundred dollars with me all of which i should undoubtedly have lost i am glad said the cooper that i was able to do you such essential service it was by the merest chance that i came this way will you add to my indebtedness by accompanying me with that trusty club of yours i have some little distance yet to go and the amount of money i have with me makes me feel desirous of taking every possible precaution willingly said the cooper but i am forgetting said the gentleman that you yourself will be obliged to return alone i do not carry enough money to make me fear an attack said mr crump laughing money brings care i have always heard and now i realize it yet most people are willing to take their chance of that said the merchant you are right sir nor can i call myself an exception still i should be satisfied with the certainty of constant employment i hope you have that at least i have had until recently then at present you are unemployed yes sir what is your business that of a cooper i must see what i can do for you can you call at my office to-morrow say twelve o'clock i shall be glad to do so sir i believe i have a card with me yes here is one and this is my house thank you for your company my good friend i shall see you to-morrow they stood before a handsome dwelling-house from whose windows draped by heavy crimson curtains a soft light proceeded 
the cooper could hear the ringing of childish voices welcoming home their father whose life unknown to them had been in such peril and he could not but be grateful to providence that he had been the means of frustrating the designs of the villain who would have robbed him and perhaps done him farther injury he determined to say nothing to his wife of the night's adventure until after his meeting appointed for the next day then if any advantage accrued to him from it he would tell the whole at once when he reached home mrs crump was sewing beside the fire aunt rachel sat with her hands folded in her lap with an air of martyr-like resignation to the woes of life i brought you home a paper aunt rachel said the cooper cheerfully you may find something interesting in it i shan't be able to read it this evening said rachel mournfully my eyes have troubled me lately i feel that it is more than probable that i am growing blind but i trust i shall not live to be a burden to you your prospects are dark enough without that don't trouble yourself with any fears of that sort rachel said the cooper cheerfully i think i know what will enable you to use your eyes as well as ever what asked rachel with melancholy curiosity a pair of spectacles said her brother incautiously spectacles retorted rachel indignantly it will be a good many years before i am old enough to wear spectacles i didn't expect to be insulted by my own brother but it's one of my trials i didn't mean to hurt your feelings rachel said the cooper perplexed good night said rachel rising and taking a small lamp from the table come rachel don't go yet it is early after what you have said to me timothy my self-respect will not permit me to stay rachel swept out of the room with something more than her customary melancholy i wish rachel weren't quite so contrary said the cooper she turns upon a body so sudden it's hard to know how to take her how's the little girl mary she's been asleep since six o'clock i hope you don't find her very much trouble that all comes upon you while we have the benefit of the money i don't think of that timothy she is a sweet child and i love her almost as much as if she were my own as for jack he perfectly idolizes her and how does aunt rachel look upon her i am afraid she will never be a favorite with rachel rachel never took to children much it isn't her way now mary while you are sewing i will read you the news End of chapter five